Hello and welcome to episode 218 of Life Song Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks along with Phil Ramsey and Blake Schenkel. Guys, hello. Hello, my friend. Hello, hello. Jim. Phil, good to see you. Good to see you. How you guys doing? Doing good. How's your week been? It's been phenomenal. Good. It's good to see each one of you. I tell you what, I am absolutely sick of this rain. It's been raining for three months. <laughs> I'm not playing. It has. It's driving me it, nuts. It, it's probably not stopped since... I know before duck season, it's rained. That's how I judge everything was off duck season, but it's cloudy, rainy, which, but I always look at it as is it's God's providence. There's a reason why it's raining. I don't yeah. know. Do I hate it? But I, it's nothing I can you do. You know, rain in the Bible and in, in the Old Testament, God used rain to curse and bless. Did y'all know that? I do. Okay. Next Good. question. Next. All Let's right, move great. on. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you gotten rested up, Jim, since the trip yeah, back? I have. I have. That's thank, good. You for, thank you for asking. Yeah. Well, we were talking earlier, and you finally, your week has finally gotten, you know, after I mean, being in Pakistan, being what was it, 11 hours ahead of us? Was y'all? Well, we were in two different uh, time zones, really. Uh, part of the week, we were 11 hours ahead, and then another part of the week, we were 13 hours oh, ahead. Gracious. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, it's crazy, man. Uh, but, you know, when we got home, I was, I wanted to sleep when I was supposed to be awake. And I wanted to be awake when I was supposed yeah. to sleep. And yeah. so just getting reacclimated to good. to normal, good. see? And well, you look, you look good. You look a lot more you. refreshed this week than you did last. Thank you. So that's good. Yeah. Phil, you're going to be gone next week, right? So yeah. you'll be tired, wore out. Children's Classic. Yeah. Seems like it comes around quicker and quicker every year. Yeah, every, every year we do that. Yeah, for those of uh, listeners in uh, out of state or, or in other areas that, that don't know what the Children's Classic is, Phil Ramsey, not only is the, he a uh, theologian, but he is a world-renowned photographer, and uh, this is a uh, highly sought-after event that goes on once a year. It's invitation only. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Repent. <laughs> no, it's booked out three years in advance. Uh, it's the children's Actually classic. a couple weeks, but. <laughs> it's the children's classic, and what happens is Phil takes these phenomenal pictures of your children, of people's children, and so when, when, when married couples, when they first get married and they're just thinking about having kids, they'll go ahead make an appointment for it. Uh, <laughs> it's a fundraiser for Carl Perkins Child Abuse Centers. Yep, it is. Over in Jackson. So that'll hit that'll hit yeah. really good at the Yeah. We raised I don't I don't I would hate to try to give you an exact amount, but it's getting uh close to four hundred thousand dollars. Really? Since we've been doing it. We've been doing it maybe close to twenty five years. So and, and it's, you and it's, your dad, correct? Yeah, my dad started it with uh, some other individuals. And uh when I got in photography a little over twenty years ago 22, 23, 24 years ago, he brought me in. And so we've been doing it together. It, it takes two. I'm going to tell you, it takes two. Me and my dad, we're in the room, we're photographing, and I'll just tell you just 20 seconds. Not only do you have to have a lot of energy, you have to have more energy than your two-year-old. You know how, you know, if you, if you have right. a two-year-old or a three-year-old, you know what kind of, well, you got to have more energy than they do because you have to shock and awe them to keep them from running. Mm. But you also have to be a psychologist because <laughs> I'm just shooting you straight. Uh, when kids come in to this room with two elderly, ugly men, they sometimes, you know, they'll look and they might be a little scared. So I've got literally 60 <laughs> seconds. 
it's fatiguing because you 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 spend that time to break into that child's mind. And then when I finally break in and get that natural smile, guess what? Five minutes later, here comes another one. Mm-hmm. Psychology class starts over again. But yeah, and then the thing I was going to say about it, what I've noticed about uh, just witnessing, you know, you've got what five minutes in between sessions, ten minutes in between sessions, or whatever. We do one or two every ten minutes. Okay, so. The thing about it is if you get kids that come in and they take their their, uh, their picture pretty quick and they've moved on, you're waiting before you bring somebody else in. So it's a constant state of up and down, up and yeah. down, up and down. And that can wear you out. Yeah. yeah. Well, so and last night, <laughs> Phil, you spoke. Did you not? You spoke? What no, did that's you, tonight. It's tonight. Yeah, Sunday night at uh, Salem Presbyterian Church in Otoko, Idaho. It's road. It's a, their annual wildlife supper. And uh, I'll be speaking there tonight. So. What are you speaking of? Well, I'm speaking on hunting. Hunting? And the second coming. Well, how's that tie in together? Uh, it doesn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> no okay. Uh, so, you, you know, if you're going to speak at a wildlife supper, you're going to have to bring in. Spoke at Beaver one year, and yep. I know you came out and Aubrey Lashman and did a little duck calling, deer, whatever. And so you, we only got, you know, 15, 20 minutes. So it'll be brief. So it'll be, yeah. a lot, it'll be some good fellowship, uh, some good food. Well, so, might I plug in one as well? Yeah. Beaver, I think it's March of the the first Saturday in March, they'll be having their wild game March supper 2nd. as well. March second, yeah. they'll be having their wild it's my game birthday, supper. By the so way. come on out to who's speaking? I don't guy know. from Kentucky, a friend of uh, brother Pastor Shane's. It's friend from Kentucky. He went up there just not too long ago and visited him. He's coming Dave back Parton? down. Is it Dave Parton? No, it's not Dave. Dave's in Kansas City. Um, but anyway, so come on out. Um, it's love a lot of folks oh, over there. It's three hundred guys. Oh, and be some great yeah. food too. So. Oh, it is crazy. Well, um, where to get studying the Bible? Yeah. What do you think? We're on a big section today. Lord willing, we're going to finish out chapter two. We're in this section here. We've been in this section of condemnation of Paul uh, in, in Romans chapter ones and two. And we, we're going to uh, work it, work through this today. We're going to start in um, verse 25 and then we'll work through the rest of the chapter, hopefully. But uh, if you but, could sum up today's lesson in one word, what would it, what would it be? Yeah, I would say circumcision uh, or one word circumcision. <laughs> yeah. <ow. laughs> but we're going to understand. We're going to we're going to tackle this. We're going to uncover this. We're going to grab all the nuggets we can out of this, and hopefully, it's going to be a good show. Um, so, uh, let's read here, verse twenty-five, chapter two of Romans. For indeed, circumcision is of value if you practice the law, but if you are a transgressor of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. So, if the uncircumcised man keeps the requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? And he who is physically uncircumcised, if he keeps the law, will he not judge you who, though having the letter of the law and circumcision are a transgressor of the law. For he's not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision, and which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that which is of the heart, by the Spirit, not by the letter. And his praise is not from men, but from God. Let's bow our heads. Father God, we just humbly come to you today, and we thank you for your word for your infallible word, for your inerrant word, God. We thank you for um, how it pierces the heart, Lord. Uh, our, our stiff necks, God, we're bristled up against you, Father, and your double-edged sword, Father, it cuts in, cuts out. There is no dull uh, blade upon that word, God, and we thank you for that. We thank you for our, uh, as Christians today, that you have circumcised our heart, Father. Cut us to the flesh. 
to the bone, Father, and you've uh, exposed our sin. And Father, we uh, we can cry out to Christ and 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 take hold through faith and what Jesus did upon the cross, Father. We thank you for that. Thank you for clothing us in righteousness. Open our eyes today to your beautiful word so that we can rightly divide it and that we can explain it, Father, and that, that we may see all your beauty and your truths in it. Through Christ I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, um, real quick, before we jump into the text, just, I guess, a, a quick Bible study lesson, if that's OK, uh, just real quick. The word for starts the verse, right? He says, for indeed, circumcision is a value. When you see the word for, and I think we've been over this before, but I just want to say it again. Uh, it it kind of links the uh, the verses before it to it. Uh, you might see it in the form of for or therefore. Uh, but uh, basically, this is Bible study 101. The word for is in Scripture over 7,000 times. You know, just a small word, a small preposition. But if you ignore it, you're going to miss some big context. So I think, you know, just a point of order that we need to to go back and at least read verses 24, 23 and 24, because 24 starts with the word for as well, uh, because it, it goes into what we're saying. He's, he's talking here and he says, for Verse 23, you who boast in the law through your breaking the law, you do you dishonor God for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, just as it is written for indeed circumcision is a value if you practice the law. But if you're a transgressor of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. So just, you know, context wise. That all goes together. Yeah. So what is he saying there? What is the what is what did we talk about last week? Right. That he he, he mentioned absolutely Jimmy context. The Jew Paul has ultimately been on the Gentile and he's moved into the Jew. We started talking about that. We what do we what was if we had to sum it up last week? It would be basically he says you Jew you've been given the law you've been given God's uh, word you've been you you've had all this light yet what have you done about it? You've taught it you've uh, but you you don't live it you don't you don't. You just preach it, but you don't live it. And we, it's the ultimate hypocrisy. Because you don't live it, it's sin, right? And because you're sinning, you now have blasphemed the name of God to the Gentiles. That's right. The Gentiles have now, they they believe God God is powerless to save his people because they look and they saw how how God allowed his people to be defeated yeah. and, and to be captured and defeated. And they think, well, this is a powerless God. Mm-hmm. And it was all, it was not because God is powerless, but it was because God allowed it because they were sinful. Right. Yeah. The Jews have just, they, they completely disintegrated the law. They, they say that. They lived it. They didn't, and they did, they preached it. Yet they didn't live it. And that's what we're coming to. And Paul's made this. He's made this account against them. He's 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 being the great lawyer he is, and he's he's putting this uh, account against them. And now, like you said, the four we're going to transition into this area where Paul is going to go right for the jugular vein in this portion. But why? Mm. Because circumcision is the biggest thing that the Jew had to point to. Right. That was the biggest thing that they that they well, held was, on to. It was circumcision and the law, and he links them together. <clears throat> Here. Absolutely. So, so the one thing that they took the most pride in was the law, and he's already tackled that. And the mm-hmm. next thing would be circumcision. Let me just ask the question: What? What is? Who are the hardest people to reach with the gospel? It would be those who have who think they know the Bible, or who who 
religious, been in church. Religious, religious people yeah. who live their religious traditions and they think that makes them right before God. They're religious on the outside, yet lost on the inside. And we see that time and time again with the Pharisees. We see that time and time again in our culture as well. But going back to the circumcision, this, this links what you were saying, Jimmy and Phil, the circumcision. I, want, I think we take a quick dive back to the Old Testament here and understand what it was. What was circumcision? Let me read this and then let's discuss what is circumcision. Genesis 17, 9. And God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign. That's big there, y'all. Remember that. Yep. It shall be a sign of the covenant between you and me. A male child on the eighth day was taken to be circumcised. So his, uh, well, let's just say his male organ the, the, the foreskin is cut. Do we want to talk about exactly what all that means? I was just going to say that, that you know, I, <laughs> it's a touchy subject. Yeah, let's, let's, let's <laughs> well, not go I that think far. You nailed, I think that's all we need to know is, is that it was a sign of the Abrahamic covenant. That's no. it. It was a seal of the covenant and basically uh, an uncir- a circumcised man. Uh, it was proof that he belonged to the heir of God's promise. It was the proof that he belonged to God's chosen people. He was circumcised and he was one of God's people. Uh, Leviticus 12, 3, on the eighth day, the flesh of the foreskin shall be circumcised. Mm. So again, going back to what you said is, is this the eighth day, the male skin circumcised? So this was the sign, again, of the Abrahamic covenant. What God had given to Abraham, this was this, this again, sign. Big word there, okay? So then we want to move on to Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 16. We're just going to take a quick step through the law here. And Deuteronomy means what? Second reading. We just know this was the, the second reading of the law. And so Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 16 it says so circumcise your heart and Mm. stiffen your neck no longer interesting so he doesn't say circumcise the male organ he says circumcise your heart this is old testament Hmm. there is this bodily circumcision we know that that's in the law Yep, God doesn't touch on that. He, he says here, he says, circumcise your heart and stiffen your neck no longer. Stiffen your neck. This is the picture. What he's this picture of a stiffening neck is a picture of an ox. All right, and and when and he this ox would bristle up when you tried to put the yoke over him, he would stiffen his neck. The Jews had become stiff-necked. Now I'll prove it to you. Just if you flip over to Deuteronomy chapter thirty, verse six, we'll show you a little bit more about this stiff neck. Uh, much like the ox. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6. Moreover, the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul so that you may live. Now that's interesting. How many times do we see heart Hmm. in there? We see it three times. I've Hmm. even got it circled three times there. He didn't ever say anything about the male organ. And who's doing this, by the way? He's the great physician. Hmm. Hmm. He's the one doing the cutting. So he's cutting the heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart, Hmm. with all your soul so that you may live. That's interesting because we see that same terminology Jesus used as well. If the heart is not circumcised, you're spiritually dead. Ultimately, what he's going to get down to, folks. That's what we're talking about. This is not an 
organ cutting thing. This is not what we're talking about. Look, he, he's going to ultimately we're going to read here in the text here is, is you, you may be circumcised outwardly, but you may be inwardly uncircumcised. When you talk about stiff neck and being uh, hard, uh, stiff necked and hard towards God. Well, that's how we are all born. Right. We're all born stiff necked and we're all born apart from God and enemies of God. And our hearts are hardened. They're they're uh, hearts of stone. And until God cuts those hearts or circumcises those hearts, uh, that's when they become hearts of flesh. Absolutely. Prophet Jeremiah says in chapter 4, verse 4, he says this, Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and remove what? The foreskins of your heart. Mm. Okay, so he says here, look, circumcise your heart. Cut the foreskin of your heart and check this out. Or else what happens? Verse 40, let's just keep reading. Men of Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem, or else my wrath will go forth like fire and burn with none to quench it because of the evil of your deeds. If your heart isn't circumcised, you will face the wrath of God is what he's saying. There's a wrath to come. Again, Old Testament, that's all we're doing. We're constantly working through it. One more. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 25. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, that I will punish all who are circumcised and yet uncircumcised. Egypt and Judah and Edom and the sons of Ammon and Moab and all those inhabiting the desert who clip the hair on their temples for the nations are uncircumcised and all the house of Judah, Israel, are uncircumcised of heart. Now, that I will punish all who are circumcised and yet uncircumcised. Now, how's that play in? I mean, that just right there speaks to exactly what Paul is saying right here. He says, I'm going to punish those who are circumcised yet uncircumcised. Well, what does that mean? He says, I'm going to punish those who physically say they're, un- they're circumcised. And he's going to the Jew. It goes right to Paul's argument yeah. here today. And, but, but yet uncircumcised means they're uncircumcised of the heart. He clarifies that in the next verse here. So this is nothing new. All right, what Paul's bringing to the table today. Two more two more verses real quick to kind of clarify just this so we've worked through it. Right before we go to Romans, Acts chapter 7, Stephen has just given this this full account of the Old Testament is what he's done. I mean, the most clearest account of what the Old Testament was is summary here, and he's coming into this final, uh, he's, he's bringing it home. In verse 51, he says, You men who are stiff-necked, speaking to the Jews, and are uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did. Mm-hmm. Again, what does he use? Stiff-necked. He's saying you're stiff-necked. And so he goes to that and uses that terminology. Now, I'm going to skip one. Uh, I know I'm going to jump Romans here, but I'm going to go to Galatians. And just to, just to show you one, one other point here, chapter 6, verse 15. We're just using Scripture to prove other Scriptures is all we're doing here. Just a quick walkthrough through the Bible. Galatians chapter 6, verse 15. For neither is circumcision. Think about that. That's the Jew anything for neither circumcision is circumcision anything nor uncircumcision that would be the gentile but a new creation all right get that for neither is circumcision anything nor uncircumcision but a new creation and those who will walk by this rule peace and mercy be upon them and upon the israel of god okay so it's not anything about circumcision it's not whether you were circumcised or uncircumcised. Paul says here to the Galatians, because look what he was doing. Paul was, Paul was, these were Judaizers that Paul was taking, uh, that he was having to um, tell the Christians about here. They were, they were wanting these guys, these new Christians, these new converts to circumcise themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, as a man, as an older man, that's going to hurt pretty bad. <laughs> Okay, especially in that kind of day and age. But that Paul saying, no, it doesn't have anything to do with that, folks. It has nothing to do with circumcision, has nothing to do with uncircumcised. It has to do with the heart. We are new creation in Christ 
is what he's saying. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. And now we can go back to our text. Well, and, and that's what I was going to do. Read, this, read the verse again. For indeed, circumcision is of value if you practice the law. But if you are a transgressor uh, of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. So we've talked about this on the show before, Phil. We've uh, a long time ago. We, we we talked about this fact that uh, really and truly, when you look biblically, there are two ways to heaven. One is through the law and perfect obedience to the law, and the other was through the blood of Jesus. Those are the two ways that, that we're getting to heaven. So Paul, what he's doing right here is he's he's telling them he's linking the law, he's linking circumcision all together, and he tells them that uh, look, this these things are the circumcision is only valid if you're completely a hundred percent obedient. To the law. And we talked about that today via text. I, I sent a text to you guys because you see this word here for circumcision indeed is a value. Yeah. But if you keep reading, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. How, how can it be a value if you obey the law? That's right. So here it is. God's not satisfied with your religious ceremonies. And we'll talk about this a little bit later on uh, of how that uh, conveys to today's uh, time. Uh, it was circumcision then. It's something different today. But God's not satisfied with your religious ceremonies unless you pair them up with inward holiness. If you're inwardly holy, if you are absolutely 100% perfect towards his law, then your religious ceremonies mean something. But if you break the law, okay, again, for if circumcision indeed is a value, it, it is a value if you obey the law, but if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. So if you break the law, you might as well be uncircumcised. Well, let, let's, let me ask you a question. Has there, any, has there been anybody on the planet ever ever who has kept the law no well then circumcision is uncircumcision right so it is of no value it had its purpose and and guess what you you should do it because this is a sign that you believe the covenant god said do it and you must amen you know so guess what Jesus was circumcised. He sure was. Yeah. But it was a but you're exactly right, Phil. Jimmy, it was a sign, it was a picture that points to the reality of what happened. It yeah. was a sign that it drives us to the experience of the reality of the heart. Well, and exactly what you said. It's a, it, you become a new creature, you become a new creation, what you talked about mm-hmm. from Galatians. It's it's all a picture of the inward change. And so here's a perfect other way to illustrate it. Circumcision or anything that you do to, to gain salvation that you think that you have to do in order to gain salvation, it's like a label on a can of food. The label on the outside, if the label on the outside don't match what's on the inside, then something's rotten. If, if, if you got a can of pork and beans... The label says pork and beans, but you but you open the can up and you see some green beans. Something's wrong. Yeah. Can circumcision save you? No. Okay. All right. So maybe I'll open this can. I don't know if you want to open it this quick or not. It's simply a sign. And we read what it exactly was for. It was a you know a covenant. It was a sign that you you obeyed. God said do it. You believed it. You obeyed it. So now we're under a a new covenant that also carries a sign. What is that sign? That'd be baptism. That's yeah. it. And so what What if, let's just think about this. Circumcision was a sign and baptism is a sign. Now we might, we're going to get some trouble with some folks. That's cool with me. Uh, <laughs> circumcision can't save you, nor can baptism. 
It's just a sign Absolutely. of an inward change. Well, and see what, what what Paul's doing here is the same thing that we that, that is happening today yes. when you talk about baptism or regeneration. What was happening is you were putting people into two classes, circumcised and uncircumcised. So so the Jews were were saying, All right, we've got a class of people here that are saved, a class of people that are unsaved, and here's what represents the saved people. Here's what represents the unsaved people. And that's what happens today with baptism. So if you're not baptized, you're not saved. You don't know the Lord. If you've been dunked in water, then yay, hallelujah, you know the Lord. But the problem is it represents nothing that has changed inwardly. But dunking you in water doesn't change you inwardly. Here's the deal. It is a mockery if the person who is baptized gives no evidence of salvation. Think about that. It's exactly right. Think about you got baptized, but there's no evidence yeah. of of a new birth. That kind of, I mean, that makes me think about what the Jews were doing. They were uh, getting the sign of the covenant, but they they weren't obeying what God said to do. And that's why the but, Gentiles are, are, are saying, look, you're telling us to obey the law and you just broke the speed limit. Well, the thing about, yeah, and the thing about it is, is, the, is those who believe in baptism regeneration today are modern day Pharisees. Now, I'll say it. Look at what the Pharisees did. They believed at that point in time they, they were on the same boat, believed in the circumcision would save you and keeping the law, even the uh, the laws that were uh, the, their tradition laws. You know, you know what I'm saying? That what they've added to. So like you said, today, if you're dunked in water and you come out and you don't show signs of salvation, it's a mockery. So what, what they did then, they were circumcised and then they became legalist, kept the law so they would appear to be saved. Today, they come up out of the water. They, if they believe in baptism or regeneration, come up out of the water and they become legalist because they have to appear to be religious and saved. I got a question, fellas. I wish y'all, the audience, could be in here. I'm holding up my hand, and I'm, I got something on my hand. What is that called, fellas? It's a wedding ring. It's a wedding ring. I'm married. Bless her heart. <laughs> We've been married a long time. What if I lost this ring? Still married. We're still married. This ring is a sign that me and my wife have come together. We made a covenant together, and this ring is simply a sign of a covenant we made. If I lose the ring, I'm still married. I don't know if that has anything to do with what we're saying, but I, what I'm what I'm saying is circumcision was a sign of a covenant. Baptism is a sign that as we uh, obey God, because this is something he said do, and we should do it, but we better get it right. It's an outward sign of an inward change. So so if the inward change hasn't taken place, you might as well not have even performed the outward ceremony. And that's all it's it's never changed other than just the sign has changed, but the the whole reasoning behind everything has been the same from the beginning from the Abrahamic covenant was was the reason you got look here it was it, it was the same with all the law. But yet we're focusing upon the circumcision here as again it was an outward sign of the Jew who had inwardly been changed yet it ultimately as we we take everything out and we do it to the extreme because that's the easy thing to do is to go get your organ cut or to go get baptized. The hard thing to do is to have your heart change because that's a spirit change, right? That's a lifestyle change. That's your life turning over to God or to Christ. That's what you do there. So that, so the easy thing to do is go get dunked in the water, go get your go get your organ cut. The hard thing to do is to follow Christ. So that's what he's saying here. In verse 25, he's pointing to the Jew here. He's pointing to the one who is circumcised and said, he says, if you indeed circumcision is no value. 
is a value practice of law. We see that back in 13, right, where we talked about, for it is not the hearers of the law who are just before God, but it's the doers of the law. And again, we're not talking about being a legalist here. We're talking right. about the only way you can obey the law, the only way that you can do that is to be born again, yeah. is to be changed. Because now we love the law. We delight in the law as a new person, as a new creature in Christ. But if you're a transgressor of the law... Your circumcision, again, he's pointing to the Jew because they're the only ones that have been circumcised. Your circumcision, check this out, it's been, you're uncircumcised. Oh, that's a big, that's a, that's pointing right there in the temple of the Jew. He's poking them. He is a Jew himself and he's yeah. the one speaking. He knows exactly what's going on. And he knows exactly what he's doing. And, and, and if this wasn't bad enough, I don't know if you've got any more here, but to move on to the next verse, yeah. the next verse, if he hadn't punched him in the gut, he just punched him in the gut with his next verse. He says, so if the uncircumcised man keeps the requirement, of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? So basically he's saying, if the Gentiles obey God's law, won't God give them all the rights and the honors and mm. the privileges of being one of his very own people? The dogs? Oh my goodness. The dogs? He just punched them in the gut. He did. He did because they they, they didn't like, they, they no, hated the Gentiles right. for the most part. One reason they hated the Gentiles, we can tell it is, they didn't take the word to them. If we don't take the, wor- the oh word to the world, we have hate upon our hearts. We need to be evangelism. And that's just a little quick little, you know, sliding that in there. Oh, that's no, a no, point. No. But that's what the Jew was to do. Right. And they it, didn't do it. And I'm going to talk more about that in a second. Right. But but I want you to listen to a couple of verses uh, from Isaiah 56. First, uh, he says, also the foreigners who joined themselves to the Lord to minister to him and to love the, the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone who keeps from profaning the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even those I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar. He says, the foreigners, yeah, the foreigners. And then Peter in Acts 10, he says, I certainly, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality, but in every nation, every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. Man, those are two big verses right there that absolutely shows that uh, that you know God that God shows no partiality in this verse in Acts. Really, it it, it uh, you know you got the critics that say today that what about the person that uh, never hears the gospel, the pygmy in Africa that that never hears the gospel? Well, look, God's going to judge them by what they've heard, and He's going to judge them by how they lived by what they heard. Which means what? They're guilty. Yeah. They're yeah. guilty. Yeah. And we touched on that a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely. So, so the better question to ask, I guess, at this point is, is what happens to those who've heard the gospel? What happens to those who've heard the gospel? And what happens if you don't take the gospel to the world? Yeah. What happens? So if a Gentile adheres to, to the morality of the law, even if he's not under the law, he's not under the law. But if he adheres to the law, his uncircumcision is more acceptable than the circumcision of the Jewish lawbreaker. Like Blake talked about in the beginning, the the heart of the Gentile is circumcised, and that's what counts. Yeah, and that's that's all he's that's exactly what he's doing. So he's gone from Jew, and now he's gone to Gentile, and the uncircumcised man can keep the requirements of the law. And basically, he's saying the saved man is able to keep the law now. Is able to. He's not a slave to sin anymore. He's 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 free to keep the law. And so he will his and he says will his and it's a it's a it's a rhetorical question. Will not his circumcision be regarded as circumcision? Absolutely. It willed you. Hey, it's not getting your organ cut. It's Boy, they hated that too. Oh, they couldn't stand it. <clears throat> you were you were in Galatians earlier, and you know, and they and they were they were coming along. They're like, Okay, okay, Lord, okay. Gentiles, mm, mm, you can be saved. Man, we hate it. 
you can be saved. But you, you got to, I mean, yeah. you trust in Jesus. We believe in Jesus too. We think he's a Messiah. And you dogs, we're going to let you in. Okay. We might not eat with you sometime, but we're going to let you in. But just listen to me. You're going to have to get good. Mm. You're going to have to keep the law. It's just a constant. They just could not. Look, if you don't leave the old covenant completely, you can't come to the new covenant. But speaking of Galatians and, and, and when they when they when they started turning, turning around and saying, OK, OK, but you got to be circumcised. Well, guess who started agreeing with them? Guess who started saying, ah, maybe maybe you're right. Yeah, it was the Gentiles. Well, it was Peter. Hmm. Oh, that's, that's right. And then what did Paul do? He goes straight in the mouth. Oh, he said, wait a minute. <laughs> the <laughs> least of the apostles went, <laughs> went to the head honcho yeah, and says, look, yeah. hey, let's have you a talk, brother. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but then, but yeah, absolutely. And Paul called it, may, Paul called him anathema. You you preach a different gospel. May you be anathema. May you not. It, that's mean, big. Yeah. May you, <laughs> me, meaning. It's a different gospel. Mm. Man, yeah, think about that. That's big. So he, he keeps moving on. He just feathers the argument here. If that is, was a, a gut, uh-huh. if Jimmy, if this verse here was a gut punch, mm. what he just he did. A, his next verse is a souffle. Probably the yeah. knockout punch. It's, it's this a is a knockout. It's yeah. a power driver. Yeah. Yes, okay. Right. So and he verse twenty seven and He's he, like Jerry Lally, he strap down. <laughs> strap down. Here comes the strap. <laughs> <laughs> so and he who again speaking to the uh, uncircumcised and he who is physically uncircumcised the Gentile if he he keeps the law. Will he not judge you? Who, oh man! Will he not judge you? Who, though having the letter of the law and circumcision, are a transgressor of the mm. law? A, just a rhetorical question that requires one answer: Yes, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he, a, he will. And so, well, here's what he's saying: He's just saying he, he ultimately God's the one that judge. Yet by their by their um, change of heart. By their circumcision of the heart, the word cut in their heart, piercing their heart, they become a new creature in Christ. They are now of Christ. They are in Christ. And he says here, he says, those who are physically uh, physically uncircumcised, those who and they keep the law, basically saved, he's going to judge you. You Jew have the letter of the law and are transgressors of the law. He just, he, he nails it home. He says, they're going to judge you by their actions, by their words, Ultimately, God being the ultimate judge, yet by them coming to Christ and saying, I didn't have to be circumcised by this. I was changed by the law. I've been saved by grace through faith. And in my actions and in my works and my deeds now, they judge you. And boy, could they not stand that right there. This this was uh, uh, the believer, y'all, stands with God in, in manner of his circumcised heart and his new life stands as a judgment against those who have a physical circumcision but have never made a spiritual circumcision. And like we said, this is, this, is, this is the knockout punch. This is a strong, strong rebuke from Paul. Uh, he's saying that the Gentiles' obedience, their humble obedience uh, to the law, uh, in spite of the great advantages the Jews have, they still live in disobedience. This is just an extremely strong and powerful rebuke. So yep. he, and what he's not saying, he's not telling them, he's not saying that, hey, uncircumcised Gentile, Gentiles can keep the law. 
You know, he's not saying that they have some kind of magical ability to be able to keep the law. But what he's saying is, is that if they do, if they do, would it not be reckoned to them as being circumcised in a spiritual sense? Mm -hmm. So he's asking them a question. He's saying, hey, you know, you don't keep the law. You're circumcised. You believe that saves you, but you don't keep the law. Well, what about the dogs? What about the Gentiles? What if they're able to do what you can't do, Mm. which is keep the law? Would God treat them as a Jew, would he treat them as one of his chosen people? And he's so what he's they're, they're making them take a step back and say, wait a minute, mm-hmm. what have how have I been living? What have I been doing? Right. Yeah. And and that goes back to what we talked about last week, right? As they were preaching it, they were you know preaching, do not steal, do not lie. Yet they were continually doing that as well. Mm-hmm. They were they were they were hypocrites in the biggest sense of it. And and so he's just uh, he he's really gone through the knockout punch. Really a rhetorical question that requires an answer of yes. Here he goes, verse 28. Phil, do you have anything to add on that? So verse 28, for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is in one inwardly, and a circumcision is that which is of the heart by the Spirit, not by the letter, and his praise is not from men, but from God. So Paul here summarizing this, we have some negatives here in verse 28, for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly. Interesting. So he continues this this onslaught to the Jew. He's saying, outwardly, you're not a Jew. Going to their heritage, right? You Jew, and this is the heritage portion of it, the Abrahamic, you know, this this coming from the line of Judah. And, and he's saying, you are not one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward of the flesh. So he's saying, hey, we're not, I'm not talking about any more of a circumcision of the flesh. We're not talking about that Jew. Has nothing to do with your heritage. Has nothing to do with what you did eight days being born in. Has nothing to do with that. That's what they they cling to. That's what they were clinging to, rather. And, and it reminds me of this uh, this illustration or this. Uh, uh, and I, and I know I've done it here on the show before, but let me ask you, Blake, what if you if you grow up in a Buddhist house, what does that make you? Someone who grew up in a Buddhist house makes you a Buddhist. You know, if yeah. you grow up in a Buddhist yeah. house, you're a Buddhist. If you grow up in a Hindu house, what does that make you? Hindu. If you grow up in a Christian house, what does that make you? Man, lost. Lost. That's exactly <laughs> right. But that's not what they believed. Yeah. Like you said, they relied on their heritage. They grew up in Jew in a Jewish house, so they were Jews. They were the people of God. They were saved. Absolutely, and that's and all those Old Testament scriptures that we read. Noticing that that look, it was it was real quickly. You know, it was never about a physical act. Hmm. It was never about that. A baptism as well. We're not a Christian. You just just to replace Jew with Christian there. You're not a Christian just because you're baptized. Just because the baptism, what makes the water holy? What makes the water holy? It, it doesn't. There's nothing holy about the water that dunks you in it that you're going under. It is a physical sign of your changed heart. And that was what circumcision was for the Jew at that time, was it was supposed to be. But yet, just like today, just like baptism, we've taken it in the means something else because it's the easy route. It's the one thing that I can do. Yet, instead of just like circumcision, baptism, baptism, like we've talked about, is a sign. It is an outward sign of what of your heart being changed. It's to show the world that you are a new creation, that you're born again in Christ, and you're taking, because Christ, it's just being in obedience to Christ because that's what He did. You know what I find when I'm uh, evangelizing? Probably... Uh, three out of the ten people I come across, the first thing they say, I've been baptized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Now, let's just go back. Let's say I was back in the day, back in the Old Testament, and I walked up to a Jew, and I was evangelizing Jew. He says, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I've been circumcised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
hey, don't mean nothing then. Right. The circumcision don't mean nothing then. And the baptism isn't what saves you now. You see what I'm saying? I do. It's a sign of, like you said, an inward change. The question we've got to ask ourselves is, is really and truly in what the Jews needed to ask themselves then, and I think what Paul was alluding to, uh, for the most part, and what today, when we when we speak about these uh, these ceremonies, these religious ceremonies, and the, as these outward um, celebrations and ceremonies, the question is: is where does where does our confidence lie? Where does the confidence that we have as believers uh, in Christ, where does it lie? Does it does it rest on our knowledge of the word of God or our religious affiliations or or the things that we've done, our experiences of walking an aisle and praying a prayer and being dunked in water? Is that where our confidence is that where confidence lies or is it because we've come to repentance and faith in the gospel? That's the question we've got to answer. That's the question, uh, because, you know, God's word is, is is surgical. We talk about cutting the heart. Well, God's word does that. It, it pierces our hearts. And so if God, uh, if he's spoken to you, he's revealed in you your need uh, and your heart is 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 bothered and it's trouble because that's what happens when you're an unbeliever and you hear the gospel and God opens your eyes and he cuts your heart then your heart is troubled look when that happens there's hope for you there's well, that's what, what Peter did at Pentecost he dropped the gospel on them and what did it say their hearts were cut yeah what do we do guess what we do you ready another Bible study repent and be baptized. Woo! Mm, that's Repent good. and be baptized. Like I said, we need we need to go we need to go over that. And there's there's context to all of that. And I'll just say this, and, and, and then y'all can take over. But uh, when we apply this truth that we're learning here to to today to ourselves, all we got to do is replace the word circumcision with with anything church membership or or baptism, as we talked about, <laughs> um, uh, dunking, being dunked, and, and or being a part of a, a specific denomination, Baptist, Pro- Catholic, whatever. We replace the word uh, circumcision with any of those things when it comes to our relationship with with God. And, you know, if someone's to come to you and say, are you a believer? Are you a believer? What's the answer you get all the time, Phil? Well, I I go to so-and-so church. I've been a member of so-and-so church for 25 years. No, no. The question is, are you a believer? Well, I, I've been a I've been a Methodist or so, I've been a Southern Baptist for for my entire life. You know, I grew up. My parents uh, uh, were good Christian people, and they taught me the Bible. And we were we were members of the uh, blah 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 Baptist Church. No, 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 no. Are you a believer? Are you a believer? Well, you know, I was baptized in so and so church. The thing about it is, all of those things, just like just like circumcision, are outward. Things they're outward signs, but they none of them will ever replace the inward heart change. Mm-hmm. That's, That's what you got to have. That's what you've got to have. If you're going to be a believer, then you go from heart of stone to heart of flesh. Absolutely. And I think that's exactly what Paul's saying here. Other than, you know, he's speaking to the Jew here, but yet we can apply that to our lives today. Those are outward things of the flesh. But look here, he hammers it home. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly and circumcision is that which is of the heart. So he just, it, does it really get any plainer than that? Yeah. So the, who we, we're talking to Jews. Yep. We're talking, we're not, we're not in dealing with Gentiles right now. We're talking to Jews. Well, who is a Jew? A Jew talking to Jews. 
you know, you got, let's say there's five Jews here and I'm talking to all five of them. Look, it don't matter that you're circumcised here, here, out of you Jews, here's the real Jew. Mm. Here's the real Jew. Yeah. Okay. But a Jew is one inwardly, like Jimmy said, it's not an outward deal. And circumcision, my friends, is a matter of the heart by the spirit, not the letter. Right. His praise is not from man, but from God. So if you are a true Jew is not one that's been cut physically on the outside, a true Jew, Jewish Jew. Let me, let me say that again. Not Gentile, but a true Jew is the one who has believed Christ it. So he, and his heart's cut. That's right. It sums it all up right there. Every bit of what we've talked about today, that sums yep. it up. A true Jew in the in the very truest sense was a physical Jew, a one that was born Jewish, but who by faith in Christ has become a child of that's God. That's right. Completed, that's saved Jew. True and, Jew. That's exactly what he's speaking of. And so now he's not just a descendant of Abraham, but now in, he is the true spiritual seed of Abraham. Amen. Amen. And into the new covenant now, and he doesn't have to be cut no more. But all of those who don't have that mark are uncircumcised. Yeah. And I'm I'm talking to these five Jews here, and there's somebody over my shoulder listening. Some Gentile. Hmm. You know what I tell them? Has your heart been cut? Repent and believe. Yeah. Has your heart been cut, sir? That's If you believe, Mm -hmm. guess what? Your heart's cut, and then you come over here and, and, and because their heart's cut and your heart's cut, you know what we are? Brothers. Brothers. Christ. And we are the body That's of right. Christ. That's right. We are. Guess what? In in this right here, we are the church, the body, yes. the body yes. made up of who? Jew and Gentile. Right. Yeah. Jew yeah. and Gentile, one body. That's right. Man. Yeah, and so so it's the, it's the cut it's the cut of our the foreskin of our heart that shall be cut, and that's what he says. It's not by and you you've already said it, but by what is it by the law? No, no, Jew, it's not by the law. It's by the Spirit, and that's capital S. The Holy Spirit is the one who does that. The, the Holy Spirit is the one who draws us to Him. It's not by anything that we've done. We were in rebellion to God. We ran from God. We're going to get to that here in chapter three. But the Spirit is the one that draws us to Him. The Spirit is the one that reveals the Word to Him. The the Spirit is the one that reveals it to us. The Spirit is the one that unveils our eyes of our sin, and it shows us our sin, and it shows us how how good Christ is, and how good and sufficient He is, how good His sacrifice is, and and it shows us that circumcision is not by being cut but it, uh, physically, but it's by being cut of the, of the heart. And what he, he ends it here is, and his praise is not from men. Speaking of the Jew, what happened when, you're, when, you're, when you got cut? It was, a, it, was a, it was a celebration. Men would pray, oh, you got cut. You got, oh, you're circumcised. That's great. He says, no, it's not from men. It's from God. That's where our praise should be from, folks. Our praise should not be that, oh, you got baptized. That's wonderful. Or that you've been cut as a Jew. No, that is. That's a good thing. But here's the thing. It's ultimately from God. And it's a funny thing was, was Jew. Do you know what Jew meant? Do you know what it meant? It was from the line of Judah, mm-hmm. right? That's where the name comes. Mm-hmm. Guess what Judah means? It means praise. It's kind of a pun there. It's kind of funny. Uh, play on words as Paul does there. It means praise. Your name means praise, folks. Yet your praise should be from God, not men. 
Can I go back to these five Jews again? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jews. I just I just shared the gospel with them. Had a Gentile over my shoulder. You know, he came over, shared the gospel with him. Their hearts were cut. So what do we do now? Their hearts have been cut. They believe the gospel that I said. What do we do now? Let's get baptized. Amen. Let's tell the world who we belong to. That's right. That's what it's about. Show the world who you belong to. Confess your faith before men. I belong to him. Here's what happened to me. I was dead. I was buried. And I was raised again. And I'm identifying with the one who cut my heart. Yeah. Come here, let me slap you. Come on. Man. Woo! Born That's again. Good. New creature. Mercy. He says you you must be born again. Right? And that, that outward sign, that, that baptism, and just to show us that the new the old creature's gone away. We're washed away. The new creature rises out of the water and we are born again into Christ. We serve Christ. He's our new master. And, and we I'll, serve him every day. And I was reading in Ephesians, man. Look here, we were buried with him, we were raised with him, and we're seated in heavenly places. That's eternal security. We're already, if you're a believer, you're already seated in the throne room of God. So what do we do with this text, guys, today, application-wise? Right. It's big application wise. What do we do? We've 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 talked about Jews, but application wise, think about this. Look here, folks, today, I know we we've railed on baptism a lot. It is a wonderful thing because why? Because Jesus said, do this. There's two things he told us to do. Be baptized and and the Lord's Supper. Right. And we are to do that. That is obedience to him. That's right. Yet to folks today, understand this. Just as the Jew did, the Jew relied upon works. The Jew relied upon working for the law. Today is the same thing for us. Do not rely upon your works. Do not rely upon yourself. It's not going to get you to heaven. Mm. It's by the Spirit. It's by your circumcised heart. And the only thing that does that is the Word of God that pierces the heart. It cuts the heart, and it shows you your sinfulness, of an, and it shows you the greatness of God. And he says, be cut of the heart. You must. Your heart must be circumcised. So don't under, don't think you can work your way to heaven. Don't think you can be baptized your way to heaven. Been baptized five times, it don't matter. Yeah, and and, and I'll say this. I'll say this, and, and, and I want people to understand what I'm saying. I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way. Baptism is is absolutely 100% uh, a, a great thing that, that all of us need to do. Everybody who is a professing believer who has had their heart has been pierced, then, then they should be dunked and they will, should be obedient in baptism. But I, I want what, what exactly what Blake was hammering on as far as the works go. The piercing of the heart comes from what? From the Word of God. It comes from the Word of God. It comes from God Himself. That's who pierces your heart. So it's not of you. There's nothing you can do. It's not of you. It's all of God. If you have anything to do with your salvation, then it's a work. It's a work. So understand that it's not 99% God and 1% you. It's 100% God. The only thing you bring to the table when it comes to salvation is the sin that needs to be forgiven. Amen. So we just need to walk in obedience. We need as Christians. Yeah, we need to we need to obey God. If he says to do something, we need to do it. Yeah. We need we need to believe in him. That's a command. The gospel is not a suggestion. That's right. It's a command. He's not asking you. Mm-mm. He commands you to. And when you do believe it, when you when you put your trust in him, 
And I would say this, when we were lost, you know what? And we heard the gospel, but if we're going to be one of them Christians, you know what we can't do? That all that, all that stuff we love to do. Yeah. You know, it's sin. We love that sin. You know, that's hoodlum, man. I, I'm, I'm not going to say all something radio, <laughs> but I was a hoodlum. Yeah. And, and I said, I've got to give this up if I'm going to be a Christian. But guess what now? Praise God. Look. I now what I hated to do or what I hated, what I what I thought when I when I looked at a Christian, well, I got to give this up. Now I take great joy and delight in obeying God. Yeah, I don't do it perfectly. I don't. Nobody can. But man, I br- it brings me joy to obey God. There's a lot of people who think the same thing that you just said. That oh my goodness, I have to, I have to be a Christian. I have to, I have to uh, obey God and follow the, the the things that He says in the Bible for me to do. When I enjoy doing this, I don't want to give this up for that. That seems boring. Let me tell you something. And this comes from somebody that's just as much of a hoodlum as, as Phil. Probably more, but uh, the the there are many lives that you can live. There are many lives that you can live, but I promise you the Christian life is the best life that you'll ever walk. You only have peace. Peace. Man, I'm telling you something. When I got saved, peace. Mm. I don't, you know, I don't want to die. Well, guess what? If I do, I'm good. You got peace. Oh, That's yeah. Right. Anyway, good show. A lot, of, a lot of pretty deep stuff here. There's, there's a lot of things people would divide over on this. And I think we should discuss this stuff. We should be open. Yeah, absolutely. We're, you know, we disagree a lot with, you know, what other people say about what we read today. But that's okay. You know, it's not, it's not a, um, what would you call it, Blake? You like to say secondary. And what's the other one? Tertiary. Ter- I can't even say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just read in the scripture yeah. today and explained and I, it. Look, look here, and I'll say this. You know, we're, we're all three, as we sit at this table, you know, we know each other. We study together. We, we, we spend time together. But we all also are learners. And so if there's anybody out there listening who would disagree with anything that we said today, hey, all we can go by is what we've studied and what we believe the Word of God to say. If you believe it to say something different, let's have a conversation because I will be the first to stand up and admit, hey, if you show me in Scripture where I'm wrong, I'll say, I'm wrong, I repent, and now I've changed because I want to I want to, I want to believe just what God says in His Word. And if I have read it wrong and interpreted it wrong, come to me. Let me know and let's study. Let's sit down and open up the Word of God and go through it. Don't you? Would you not all agree? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, we could keep talking. I got a lot to say, but we, we can't. <laughs> My mind's rolling, you yeah. know, because it's big topic, big topic, good yeah. stuff, good yeah. stuff. Some division, but good stuff. Anyway, look, uh, we appreciate you guys watching. Tell a friend about the show. Uh, we're we're getting our website. I think it's about up to date now. So we're weekly. We got the last episode. We got last week's episode up. And uh, so that's something we're going to try to do every Sunday or Monday at the latest. And so just tell a friend about the show. You can go to our website, lifesongradio.com. And if you're in the uh, Atoka area tonight, come out to uh, Salem Presbyterian Church on Atoka Idaho Road. Eat some. Uh, we got some coyote. Oh my goodness! Some possum and uh, raccoon. What else? Goodness gracious! Could they not afford a meal? They just went and picked everything up off the side of the road. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, come playing. on out and hang out with us. We're gonna have a good time. Anyway, uh, let's pray and we'll close. Father, we just thank you. Uh, we thank you for uh, this time that we had, where we were able to sit here and and eat on your word. And uh, Lord, I know I've grown through it. Uh, 
I've grown in my faith as I study uh, what we've looked at today. My faith is stronger uh, because of what we read. Well, I just pray that I pray for our listener that uh, that the word goes into their heart. We know we know it does. We know that it never returns void. But we're just praying that that uh, your Holy Spirit will will guide and teach our listeners as He is guiding and teaching us, and so that we can we can know what we believe and we can know why we believe it. And we can go tell others this great news of the gospel for uh, for all men, for the Jew and the Gentile, and how it cuts to the heart and uh, gives you a new birth. And uh, it's just uh, just an awesome, awesome gospel. Lord, we thank you. We give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. I've done every devotional, been every place emotional. Tried to hear a new word from God, and I think it's very odd. And while I attempt to help myself, my Bible sits upon the shelf with every promise I could ever need. And the word was, and the word is, and the word will be. tailored suit does it fit across the shoulders will it fade when it gets older we throw ideas that aren't in style in the salvation army pile and search for something more to meet our needs Very strong.